Hello, Talk Richmond listeners, and welcome back to another edition of our podcast. In this week's episode, we'll be unpacking everything there is to know about care technology. I'm joined by Wendy, who is Digital Project Manager in the Adult Social Services and Public Health Department at Richmond Council, and by Kerry, Senior Operations Manager at Alcove, who provide care technology solutions that make independent living possible. So before we dive into all things care technology, it would be good to start with a bit of a definition. So Wendy, if you could, what exactly do we mean by care technology? So thank you. Um, Care technology is any technology which is used in a person's home or in the community that will assist them with any aspect of care that they might have. It's a technology is changing so rapidly that it's an ever-growing list of things that we would include in this all-encompassing phrase called care technology. And we might think about things like smart home technology, such as smart plugs and smart light bulbs and robot vacuums and any other smart devices. There are home pods such as a Nest or an Alexa, We have smart watches which may have an app which help people in their day-to-day living and it might be linked to their smartphone. Um, People are using tablets and laptops. And there are other devices such as the devices that Kerry's company provide, the Alcove Care Phone. Mm. I've heard a bit about this before because I'm Vice Chair of the Adult Social Services Health and Housing Committee and you've been presenting various stages of the implementation of this to us and it is fascinating to hear but I don't want to presume too much so you know just to get us a bit started again this might seem like a bit of an obvious question but who mainly uses care technology? Anybody can use care technology it's anyone who finds that they might benefit from using it in their daily life What we want is to help residents to remain independent and in their home for as long as possible and hopefully to the end of their lives. And so any technology that's available to help people achieve that um, would be somebody who uses care technology. So it could be a carer. It could be a resident who um, needs a service from adult social care and they're making contact with us for the first time. It could be somebody who wants to use technology to prevent a deterioration um, so that they don't need to seek further help from adult social care. It has been very successfully used as part of our reablement service to discharge people from hospital. And it is also used for people who are already receiving a service from adult social care. And we would look at including care technology as an extra service that they would receive as part of the the care that they receive from us. Mm, mm, Okay. yes, thank you. Well, that's very clear. And I suppose the COVID-19 pandemic and the lockdowns obviously created a huge sudden demand for more home-based care. And I know the council began offering the Alcove video care phones to vulnerable people during the first stages of the pandemic. And that was in partnership with Alcove. And this This is a piece of technology that is designed to be really easy to use. It's a video tablet that lets people with little technology experience who might be really daunted by that sort of thing speak to their family and friends and care workers in a two-way video call. So I just want to, Kerry, um, can you kindly talk us through the technology a bit more? What does Alcove offer and how do these devices, like video care phones and the in-home sensors, how do they allow people to be independent in their homes? 
Yeah, of course. So the video care phone itself, it is just a Samsung tablet. So it's a mainstream piece of equipment or technology. So it doesn't look different in anybody's home. It does just look like a normal tablet. But what Alcove have done to keep it really simple is we've uploaded our software onto it and then we lock the tablet down. So it cannot actually be used for anything other than the video care phone software. And how that works is we have um, the screen is always up on with your callers displayed and then it's locked down. So you can't swipe off and get onto anything else on the tablet. What it also means is that you can't disrupt it and get confused and, and it to become a bit more complex for the person. So keeping it locked down keeps it simple. What it also doesn't do is it doesn't go to sleep or require pin codes or swiping to access the software either. The screen will always stay lit up. And then what happens is as you add your callers onto the screen, they are displayed in a tile or a box. And in that box will be the name of the person along with a picture of them if the person wishes to include a picture. So then what happens with the user is they simply press the name and the picture of the person on the screen. And that's what makes the, the video call. So it's really, really simple and easy to use. And they're always displayed. So you don't get confused having to swipe on anything or find out where they are in a list or a phone book or anything like that. You don't need to know telephone numbers. It is just a one press solution, which is great. And so as part of the setup, would the potential people that the person wants to call be sort of added for them or would they be assisted or, you know, helped to do that? Yeah. So when we get our referrals in from Richmond, for example, we ideally have a list of contacts that they want to have included on their device. And that just involves a name, a contact telephone number and an email address for that person. And then what Alcove do is we will contact that person and arrange for them to be onboarded. We'll email them and they just sign up and create a password. So then to access the, the device and to, to access video calling, they have to download an app on their mobile phones. So it's called Alcove Connect and they simply have the app and their password and their email address. And that's what they use to log in. And that's the platform that the video calling goes through on. So all of that is done behind the scenes and doesn't require the user to get involved in any of that complexity. Mm, OK, that sounds brilliant. Very, very user friendly for the person it's, it's destined for. And what about the in-home sensors? Can you tell us a bit about that? Yep. So as well as the video care phone, you've got the video calling and you've got other um, features like reminders and stuff that can be utilised on the device. That all feeds into the Alcove app. So you've got data collected from the call usage as well. And then we have our sensor equipment. So we have um, movement sensors and door sensors. Again, they feed into the same platform as the video care phone data. So you can have a really wide, broad sort of picture of someone's day-to-day -day routine, patterns, behaviours, you can start to unpick very quickly changes to someone's routine. You know, if someone's going to the, the bathroom more often than normal, it might indicate that they've got an infection, for example. So then you could possibly um, explore that quickly before it gets to the point where they've had the infection for too long. And that's when they start displaying sort of unusual, confused behaviours, for, for example. Um, so the, the sensors collect data, they store it in our system alongside the video care phone data as well. But you can actually be quite proactive with them and set up alerts. So these alerts are just sent to an allocated person as a text message on a device. So it's quite discreet. There's no big alarms or sirens ringing, letting you know, somebody's got out of bed, for example, or they've opened their front door, it can discreetly tell somebody that the front door has been opened, for example, in the middle of the night. 
So, you know, somebody's a wanderer, they might get out up and out of bed and, and go out of the house. And that's not okay for them to do that. That's not safe. So we can trigger a text message to an allocated person to let them know. So this could be friends, family, neighbours, um, anybody really that's in that person's support network to, to notify them that something out of the ordinary has happened. But the data is there for the the evidence gathering, you know, so if you're looking mm, to put mm. support in place, you can really see the data to see what their day-to-day -day routine looks like and you can start to map their support needs around that as well. So really useful information. That sounds like that's very useful to care staff. Is that right, Wendy? Yes, it's very useful. We've actually got some sensors in use with one of our residents, a younger person. And it certainly is very useful because it alerts staff to when they need to go and assist the person. And as Kerry said, it's very unobtrusive. So for the person, they're not necessarily aware that the care staff are aware that they need to come and assist the person. And the person just goes about their normal day-to-day -day routine quite happily. Just to add on to that about the non-intrusive um, sensors, they are just sensors. They don't track any visuals or any audible information. So you can't see or hear the person at all. It is just simply lines on a chart to showcase where, when and where the movement has occurred. So yeah, it's very, very, it's non-intrusive completely. The other advantage of the sensors is that you can also set them to tell you when somebody isn't moving. So where somebody hasn't moved and you perhaps worry that they might have had a fall and they're lying on the floor, the device can send a, a, an alert to the person in their network to say, we're a bit worried because somebody hasn't moved. Mm. That, well, that's, that's fascinating. And it, it's very well described by both of you. You've illustrated very clearly some of the ways that that could be very useful. And I imagine, you know, touching on the concerns about privacy and things like that, to be very clear that it's just certain outdoors or movements that are tracked and not everything because there must be some wariness i imagine some of us love new technology and embrace it enthusiastically it might be called what's what's called early adopters but other people are more wary of it you know how, how do you find people are what and what do you do if people are a bit wary of it how, is there a process for for helping them to sort of come to terms with the use of technology and, and feel more confident yeah yeah absolutely so yes you're right do some people do do fear or get a bit worried about uh, new technology and implementing it what's it going to what do I need to do you know how what do my you know is it something completely new am I going to get it as well like sometimes the responders or the support network worry as well but it's all we always say give it a try and we we try to do a lot of work just showcasing some of the equipment in advance like this is what it looks like this is what it can do this is how it can work showcasing some sort of dummy data i suppose in a way just to say this is how non-intrusive it is it's simply a line on a chart so we can't see you we can't hear you and always give it a try the beauty of this technology is it's battery powered devices so they're wireless so it doesn't require any hard drilling in it can just be a plug and play solution that can be tweaked and updated over time that sounds brilliant and you know uh, you've already touched a bit on some examples but i wonder if there are any other examples you want to share with us of where these care technologies have successfully supported people yeah, absolutely. So the COVID pandemic was our, our big one. And um, we had lots of people that wasn't able to 
um, go out and about. So what we did is we um, we sent out a video care phone in the post so nobody had to go into the property. We pre-configured it so it had all of their callers on the screen before it arrived. So they simply had to take it out the box and turn the device on. Um, it comes with a stand and a long charging lead. So they just popped it in the stand, plugged it in and put it on charge. And then at least they was able to get some of their support delivered virtually. So we would have carers call into the devices just to do those welfare checks or medication prompts, just watching them take their meds. The beauty of the video calling was that the, the phone call is lovely, but you can't see someone's body language, their facial expressions, the way they look, you know, do they look kept? Are they are they well groomed? What's their background look like? Are they living in a, you know, a, a state of disarray? Is the house tidy? And you can really get a lot from that. The video, the actual footage is quite powerful. So being able to deliver some of that care virtually just to check in on these people. And when there was concerns, they would be raised and dealt with as needed. We have a, um, a group calling feature that we, we built in during lockdown. That was um, a big task for us, but we have achieved it, which was lovely. Um, so it allows a host to log into the Alcove uh, platform and call out to multiple care phones at the same time. So we had day centres, for example, delivering some of their their support virtually to multiple people at the same time. All of these people who don't have Zoom or Teams or Facebook or WhatsApp, they didn't have a device to even make video calls. So to be able to connect these people together was quite powerful. Um, and they would hmm. they did cooking, singing, music, all sorts of things completely remotely. And also connecting families together as well. That was another big one, especially people that are in care homes that we couldn't have people going in for obvious reasons. And people were missing out on their their family time and seeing grandchildren for the first time virtually or or, or sadly having to say goodbye to their loved ones via the video care phone during this uh, this difficult time. So it really there was quite a lot of different stories and different types of way it was used. Yes, thank you, Kerry. That, well, that's so clear. And you touched on, you know, that experience of the pandemic, which we all felt. And there was this issue that those people who were able to access technology were able to be much less isolated. So it's it's clearly so important that we embrace that for our adult social care users. And my question is, for those who um, don't necessarily have a connection to broadband, um, what can we do about that? I'm glad you did ask that, actually, Jim, because that's a really important part of this project. So these devices, we don't actually only just provide the device itself. We actually provide it with a, a SIM card already inserted in it. So there is a 4G SIM card in the device before it's posted. So when it's turned on, there is no Wi-Fi connection necessary. It's got the connection that it needs to work already put in it and activated. So anybody can use this and everybody is included in this. We don't exclude anyone because of no connection. Oh, fantastic. I'm really pleased to hear that. That's fantastic. Um, and, and this is all sounding so positive. And I've, you know, I've had the, the honour to be able to speak to some users and seen for myself how clear the benefits are of technology for them, uh, for users, for their families, for their carers and providers. And I think the other question, the other side of the coin is, you know, we value the role that this has had in sort of reducing isolation, actually. But we also want to make sure that it doesn't become a replacement for human contact, because that's also important, isn't it? That high quality one on one care. So, Wendy, what, what is the impact on person centred care? So um, there is never an intention 
to reduce people's interaction with other people. It is meant to be a service that is in addition to face-to-face -to -face contact with people. So the first thing, as I said earlier, is what we want to do is keep people independent in their own homes. And if this technology enables them to do that, then that's first prize and we've achieved what we want to do. Some residents do get um, services from adult social care. They might receive a direct payment. They might have a package of care already. The care technology will be a service in addition to what we already offer our residents. So we will not be replacing face-to-face -face care with care technology. It will be an added service to what we already offer. And we will also use it in a way which would be a preventive measure. So where we can prevent people from coming into adult social care because a bit of simple technology will enable them to continue to manage independently, we're more than happy to actually assess and ensure that people have the right technology to do that. That sounds fantastic, Wendy. And I, I know it's so important and to maintain independence as long as possible. And I'm sure a lot of people listening will be very interested and think, you know, like me, this sounds very good and would like to know more. Where can people go to get more information on this care technology and how it could help them or a loved one? OK, so the normal process for contacting adult social care would be the same process you would use. So to please contact our access team on 0208 you can also find some literature on our website, on the borough's website. If you go to the adult social care section, there will be a section on information and advice, and there will be a link to technology to help you to stay independent. So you can access information for yourself, or you can phone into the access team, and they will decide which route you go from there. Thank you. Well, that is fascinating. I hope that is helpful to people. Um, Kerry and Wendy, it's been fascinating talking to you. Is there anything before we finish that you would like to say? No, thank you very much for having us. It was a pleasure. Really lovely to talk to you both. Thank you very much for having us. We look forward to, to helping people to remain independent. So please feel free to get in touch. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your expertise on care technology. I've certainly learned a thing or two. I hope our Talk Richmond listeners have as well. What we've discussed today is exciting. Technology can give people more control over their health, safety and well-being and support people to be more independent and as we've heard to feel less isolated which is so important particularly with the sort of lockdown experiences we've had and the challenges we may continue to face so for more information on today's topic please visit the show notes and as always if you've enjoyed this episode please do leave us a sterling review i would consider that to be a very caring use of technology from my perspective and do subscribe don't forget so you don't miss an episode as ever i'm jim millard Thanks for listening.